What's up, independent insurance agents? Are you finally fed up with the massive amounts of time, money, resources being allocated to customer service within your agency? Is this causing your agency growth and revenue to become stagnant or even decline? The answer to this frustration is Glovebox, the premier mobile and web self-servicing solution made by successful independent insurance agents just like us, specifically for independent insurance agencies. Guys, this is the only platform with direct carrier connections. Glovebox gives your clients the power to engage within their writing carriers and you, their agency, in a single, easy-to-use platform. Mention the Insurance Guys podcast and get 20% off of your monthly subscription for life, guys, for life. This isn't an intro deal. This is for life. Schedule your demo with Glovebox today. Thanks. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader. Insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for I Protect Insurance and Financial Services, based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome. He is a six foot three sophomore from Sarah Land, Alabama. Parade first team All American rivals five star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and welcome the incomparable. Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? Great, Scott. How are you today? Best I have ever been. Folks, it is 6,000 degrees in Mobile, Alabama. The humidity <laughs> is 99.7%. You walk outside, feel like you just got out of the shower when you walk outside. You do. My glasses are actually fogged up right now because Bradley and I are in a probably 8 by 7 podcast studio and it's about the surface of the sun in here. Johnny just mouthed, I'm going to go turn the air on. Johnny just said, I'm going to turn the air on. That's okay. Guys, we have a very special podcast for you today. As Jerry Clower once said, the speech making is over. We are here today to do one thing and one thing only, and that is to talk about, learn about, discuss, and teach how to sell personal lines insurance. Now, before we get started, I want to introduce my guest today, and this is a very special episode because neither Bradley nor myself have ever had one of our team members on the podcast. And today we're going to have, that is going to be a first time today that we're going to have one of our team members on the podcast. And today's podcast is going to be about selling personal lines insurance. And here's what I'm going to say to each and every one of you. If you don't let every one of your personal lines agents listen to this podcast, I cannot help you. There is no longer anything I can do to help you. You are going to fail if you do not let them listen to this podcast. And I'm going to tell you why in a minute. But before I do, Brad, I got a story for you. Okay. In 2008, I went to the Nashville Auction School. I told you I'm like the modern really? day Forrest Gump. Really? I graduated as the president of my auction class. We had about 25 people in class. If there was ever a, a sequel, yes, you would be the guy. That's right. And I learned how to bid call. I learned how to become an auctioneer. Not Nashville Auction School is one of the most two prominent auction schools in the United States of America. You know, that's people wonder why I'm from the South and I can talk so fast. Well, it's mm -hmm. from going probably from going to auction school. Start them along and how much forward? Who'll give me a thousand? Fifteen hundred? Fifteen hundred? Fifteen hundred? Fifteen hundred? Two thousand? Two thousand? That's kind of what that's being an auctioneer kind of thing right there. So that's not the story. Here comes the story. Now, our guest today has heard this, but I, I'm going to let her hear it again. So the very first day of class, we had a kid in class, and he was from Brentwood, Tennessee. And he had a very successful antique business. He would go okay. over to France and uh, over to the U.K. twice a year, and he would go to big estate auctions, and he would buy antiques. He'd bring uh -huh. them back to Brentwood, Tennessee, and he was selling antiques to country music singers and people with lots of money in Nashville. Big, I'm talking about like... Like 800% markup. Right. Yeah. And you're talking about a very successful business. Mm -hmm. So the very first day of class, we all got, we had to all get up in front of the podium and introduce ourselves and talk a little bit about who we were and where we were from. And he gets up at the podium and he uh, kind of puts his head down and he said, this is how he started. He said, guys, I don't think I can go through this class because I am petrified to speak in front of other people. 
and I don't think I can be an auctioneer because of that. Well, the auction instructor, the guy that ran the school, was kind of standing in the back of the class, and he said, he raised his hand. He said, can I ask you a question? And the kid said, yeah, yeah, you can ask me a question. And he said, I need to know something before we keep going here. He said, what are you willing to give up to be successful? Mm. Are you willing to give up your fear of talking in front of people, all of your anxiety? It's a beautiful segue. All of your self-doubt that we all have, which most of the time comes from something that happened in our past. I've been reading a book about this, and it's amazing how one thing that somebody says to you when you were a kid, in your mind, it changes who you are, and you think for some reason because this person said something, probably because they were in a bad mood or they were a bully, it carries on with you the rest of your life, right? Mm-hmm. So that's probably something that happened to Jeff. He somewhere down in the back of, you know, whatever, he somebody somewhere said something to him about he was stupid when he got up to talk in front of people and then he that developed into this irrational fear of talking in front of other people. I tell that story, guys, because there are only three types of insurance agents. There's the average insurance agent who wants to be left alone and wants to continue to do things they've always done and they don't want to learn anything new. There's the good insurance agent that will take coaching but really doesn't want to learn anything more than they just have to learn. Mm-hmm. The bare, bare minimum. Bare minimum people. And then there is the great insurance agent. They're coachable. They, they, they want to be coached. They want to deep dive into very specific things on how they can be better each and every day. And the person that we have on this podcast today, in my opinion, is one of the best personal lines insurance agents in the United States of America. So without further ado, again, speech making's over, folks. It's time to learn how to sell insurance. And I want to give her the introduction that she has always deserved. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, she is originally from Decatur, Alabama. She lives in Athens, Alabama. She is married to the ruggedly handsome Justin Miller, and she is the agency manager for iProtect Insurance and Financial Services in Athens. And it is my profound honor today to introduce to you first-time guest on the IGP. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you Miss Jessica Miller. How are you, Jessica? I'm great. Thank you so much. That was quite an introduction. I'm trying not to get emotional right now. Jessica has been (laughs) with us now for, I guess, about a year. She came to us from State Farm, where she single-handedly got a State Farm agent who will remain nameless, who didn't sell insurance, didn't come in the office very often. She single-handedly got her to the circle. Is it the Circle of Champions with State Farm? Is that what it was? Circle of Champions? Bradley, you may know because your wife is in State Farm right now. I think it's Chairman Circle. The Chairman Circle. Chairman Circle, yes. And who was selling insurance in her office to get her to the Chairman Circle? Jessica? I believe uh, it that was, would be me. It would be you. <laughs> so I brought, it was me. We also had a team of people, but yes. I, I brought Jessica on the podcast today because I'm tired of the speech making and I'm tired of all the other crap people talk about. It's time to learn how to sell insurance. And there's nobody that I know on the personal line side of this business that sells and is as consistent as you are. We have agency Zoom. Bradley, you have the same thing, I mm-hmm. believe. Five o'clock every day. Every one of my agents, we have a report that is automatically generated. Mm-hmm. It is sent to us in, in uh, via email, and it has what the premium that was sold that day per agent. And you can set your clock by about who's going to be the most consistent in our office. Doesn't mean she sells the most yeah. every day. Consistency is so important. I would be willing to bet my next 10 paychecks that every day you're going to see green new business put on the books mm-hmm. by Jessica Miller. And Jess, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're averaging somewhere around five to $6,000 a day in green new business. Is that about accurate? I would say that's about accurate, yeah. Yeah. So today I want to talk to you about how we're doing that because I think the big difference between you and other personal lines agents, because there's some agents listening to this right now that are like, oh, well, I've got a personal line agents that sell $15,000 a day in green new business. Well, Mm -hmm. 
Let's clarify that for just a minute because a lot of what you sell is off of cold calls. It is not just Correct. warm call. It is not uh, necessarily calling people that used to be in our book. Now, that's some of it. That is some of it. And also, folks, Jess is under a non-compete with State Farm, so it will not be until sometime next year in 2022 that she can go after any of the State Farm business that she had. So please don't think that she's calling on her old clients with State Farm because we would get sued if that were to occur. So this is all green new business, most of it off cold calls. And Jess, let's just, just start right there. Talk to us just a minute about what your process is from a prospecting standpoint on how you are so consistent with your sales. I want to hear that. Okay. It's going to sound super simple. And going back to something that you heard as a kid or when you were growing up, that's kind of stuck with you in a more positive context. Something that was told to me when I was very, very young that I never thought I would use in sales is keep it simple, stupid. It's something mm -hmm. we have all heard in some way or another, or that somebody has told us. And it is what I use to build our agency every day and to keep it consistent. I just keep it as simple as I possibly can. When I'm calling these people or prospecting, I don't leave anybody out. I don't care if you've got one auto or if you've got 10 cars and a house and an umbrella and $10 million to cover. I don't exclude anybody. And I just try to keep the conversations as simple as possible with people. I talk to them like they're my family. I don't try to sell them on anything. I just try to help them. And I think that that's been something that I've always tried to keep in mind is just rather than selling them a product, helping them understand the product better and why they need it and why I have a product that's better than what they currently have. I think it's important just, to stress that the, the simplicity is, is so vital and I don't want people to gloss yes. over that. We've had several folks that have worked for us that the one uh, leg of the stool they didn't have from a sales acumen standpoint was they were not good closers. And with most of mm -hmm. them, the reason they were not good closers was because they overcomplicated things to the customer rather than just getting straight to the point. You know, I was talking to Kenneth in my office, who is not one of those people. He, Kenneth is very good at sales uh, the other day. And we were going through like, you know, we're going to step one, step two, step three. We're going to go over these coverages, these coverages, these coverages. And I said, but if the customer gives you a buying signal, you skip all that and go straight to the close. We can go over all the coverages and everything while we're writing the business, but all that's out the door. Let's keep it simple and get straight to the point, right? Right, exactly. So Jess, let's, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this, okay? How to sell insurance okay. 101. And we're going to start with... We're going to have the consistency and the discipline to make 35 calls a day. Now, let, let's go back to something that Bradley and I talked about yesterday. Every agent and associate agent in the United States of America has what I call peak performance hours. And it is my belief mm -hmm. that you need to figure out as an agent that is selling insurance every day, First and foremost, before we make any phone calls, before we do anything else, we need to figure out when is our peak performance hours. Mine is from around 100%. 2 to 5. Bradley's, I think, is 9 to 11. Mm -hmm. Jess, when is your peak performance hours? What are your peak performance hours? I would say those two times. Anytime between 9 and 11, right before lunchtime, after you open the office, and mid-afternoon from 2 to 4, 2 to 5. And, and those I will, are my peak hours that I make those calls. I will assume that the 35 calls a day that you make are during one of those peak performance times. Would you, would you agree with that? Yes, and absolutely. Which one do you choose? Because I'm assuming 35 calls a day probably takes you how long? One hour to make maybe because you're... You're leaving a lot of voicemails, and we're going to talk about that yeah, in just a it, second, too. Yeah, it depends. Um, I mean, if I'm making a lot of voicemails, um, or if I'm leaving a lot of voicemails, rather, or if I get somebody on the phone that is interested, that can take a little extra time. Mm -hmm. But I would say my, if I had to pick between the two, I make calls during both, but I would say two to five is really where I get the most conversation on the phone. Mm -hmm. I get more people picking up, calling me back during those hours. And again, that can change based on the year because right now it's summer, people are out of school. Mm -hmm. It really just kind of fluctuates. But I would say on average two to five. And yeah, I mean, I make an average of about 35 calls a day consistently every day so that I'm generating that phone traffic 
on a regular basis. Right. And I think an important thing to note too here is the consistency. If, If you're a new producer listening to this or someone getting into the business, me as the agency owner, and I promise you, you as the producer would much rather be consistent than have good, good days, bad days, good months, bad months. And the reason why is the way, and I don't know how you guys are structured, but the way my agency is structured is my people get paid when the agency gets paid, Mm -hmm. right? There's no advance commission or anything like that. I know CJ does a deal where he pays them the next week and that sort of thing. It's cool. I don't have budget to do that. Most agencies don't. And what happens when you're not consistent, you write, let's say you write a homeowner's policy, Jess, the mortgage company might not pay that for 30 days, right? Sometimes 60 days. We've got some carriers Mm -hmm. that don't pay us for 60 days. So you're talking 120 days between paychecks when you're not consistent. Yep. You're going, you're going to have these wild swings in paychecks. So you would rather, instead of doing a hundred grand this month and forty grand this month, you'd rather do seventy and seventy, mm-hmm. right? So what what do you Absolutely. think are yeah. what do you think's the key to your consistency? At the end of the day, it and then Scott's touched on this. We've had several conversations about this. It's discipline. It's just having the discipline to come in or be at home if you've got a sick kid at home or whatever the case may be, but mm-hmm. it's just having the discipline to do it. It's wanting it that bad. And at the end of the day, anybody who knows me on a personal note, and Scott can, Scott can attest to this, I am a perfectionist through and through. I know that about myself, but I, I really think it comes down to discipline and just wanting it bad enough, knowing that you have the power to make as much money as you want to make, mm-hmm. as you're willing to put effort in. That's Those are going to be your, your results at the end of the day. So I think keeping that in mind helps you become more disciplined and just putting it in your mind. This is what I'm going to do. And this is how I'm going to make it happen and make a plan and stick to the plan. And not getting Again, comfortable. I mean, it sounds simple and it really is. Yeah, so. the, the 35 calls a day just ensures that, you know, I always talk about the, the Ferris wheel and you've always got to keep butts in the seats on the Ferris mm-hmm. wheel because whether somebody buys from you or they say no to you, somebody's getting off that Ferris wheel. And the only I do get a lot of no's. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I don't want to make it sound like I don't. But, but <laughs> I do get but, a lot of but no's. You, but you, but you, but you're still swinging the bat. You're not yeah. letting four, five, ten, fifteen no's stop you from making thirty-five calls the rest of the, that day or the next day. What's your strategy absolutely. when you get a no? And, and the reason I ask that is so when I was selling life insurance, you may have heard me talk about this back in the the OG podcast years, year one, year two. Right. I would get the sense in the conversation if there was going to be a no, probably. And Mm -hmm. I would immediately shift my strategy from trying to turn a no into a yes to turning a no into a soft no. And what I mean by that is no, not right now. In other words, I would either try to make some, some kind of personal connection to them. Like, let's say they're a fan of the Red Sox and... That would give me an excuse if the Red Sox won a big game to call them back. Hey, what did you think of that game last night? Or it may even be like trying to pique their interest just a little bit in some facet of the process or maybe or if the product or maybe an X date or something. That way I at least had an excuse to call them back. So kind of what's your strategy when you can tell you're going to get that no? Is it is it God bless who's next and we never call them again? Is it we put them back in the pipeline? Kind of what's the process there? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I put them back in the pipeline. I don't ever make it a hard no unless they tell me on the phone, hey, don't ever call my phone number again. Leave me the hell alone. I will never call them again. I won't bother them. I can count on one hand how many times that's ever happened, but I typically will put them back in the pipeline in conversation. I try to assess okay, are they just busy right now because the kids are home? They've got a house they're buying, they're selling, they're moving, whatever the situation may be at the time. And like you said, just pick up on things that they might be interested in in that conversation. Again, I kind of go back to just keeping it simple and just saying, hey, you know what? I appreciate your time on the phone. If anything changes, please keep me in mind. I know you've got a number one insurance agency right now, but I want to be your number two. So if anything changes, please call me, you know, I'll hang up, I'll put a note out to change, you know, to check back with them at their next X date. And then I'll send them a postcard just saying, Hey, thank you so much for your time. Please keep my business card. If I can ever do anything for you. And that, that is, yeah, that, that is called planting the seed. All you can do in your garden sometimes is plant the seed and wait because one day something is going to happen. It could be anything bad claims experience. They get the, the letter from the, from, or the renewal. It's, $600 higher than it was last month or last year. 
you know, agent didn't call after they had a really bad wreck and their son was in the hospital for three months. Something will happen at some point and they will have, you know, they will remember that conversation they had with you and then they're going to pick up the phone and call you. That's called planting the seed. Well, all we're trying to do is all be top of mind in our in our That's target right. prospects brain. That's right. That's all we're trying That's to right. do. That's right. Which which then rolls back into That's marketing, yeah. branding, well, advertising. That's what I mean right. from like a marketing yeah. standpoint. Literally like all these people doing all these crazy mar- like literally that's the bottom line is how can you either a make somebody buy today right or b be top of mind correct. that's it correct because the worst yeah. thing guys Just that keep can happen face the, the worst thing that can happen to you is when somebody walks up to you in a restaurant or on the street and they say man i bought homeowners mm-hmm. insurance last week bradley and i completely forgot that, that to me that you i mean that's the worst possible thing that can happen. Man, I completely forgot that you sell insurance. You think that's going to happen to me? Hell no. Well, they don't nobody that knows me don't know what I do. It's like I was telling a candidate we were interviewing last week that sold cars. And I said the beautiful thing about insurance compared to car sales or really any, a lot of 99% of sales is not everybody's going to be in the market to buy a car this year. Mm -hmm. Everybody's going to buy insurance at some point. And, And it's your job to find your target client, plant the seed in their head, either sell them or be top of mind because at some point this year they're going to have a renewal. And let's face it, insurance companies do stupid stuff and there's something that's going to happen. And what you have to do is you have to implant an impression in their brain just big enough that instead of dealing with their car insurance coming off auto draft and a payment bouncing and it's not their fault, Mm -hmm. instead of just dealing with it and handling it, they think, well, I might, might give Scott a call. Right. That's exactly you know? right. That's all it is. So, guys, I've got a case study for all of you associate agents listening to this right now because I know that your principal agent was smart enough to have you make you listen to this podcast, and I appreciate every single one of you associate agents listening to this right now. I was an associate agent for two years. I was a principal agent by myself for three years. I was probably selling the majority of insurance in our agency for five years. The hardest so, job you ever had. Yeah, no doubt. It is. It is. So here's the case study that I want every one of you to listen to. We hired an appointment setter. That was the goal. She was going to set appointments uh-huh. through CoverDesk. She was a VA. She spoke very good English. It Was it perfect? No, it wasn't perfect. She did have a little bit of an accent. We hired her for one month. We gave her Cole X date leads to call on for one month. She called over a 20-day period. She called, give or take, 3,000 people. Everybody following me so far? Mm -hmm. So let's break that down. That was roughly 150 to 200 calls per day. And of those, there were a lot of numbers that didn't work. There were numbers, you know, those kinds of things. But she left, on average, over a one-month period, 25 voicemails per day telling who she was. I protect insurance. Please call me back. Bradley, would you like to know how many callbacks we got from those voicemails? 25 voicemails a day on average. Some were less. Some were more. We got 0.0 calls back. Okay? So that was our try at setting appointments through a virtual assistant, okay? Jessica Miller calls roughly 35 people per day and leaves the majority of those are voicemails, Jessica. Is that correct that you leave? They are. Okay. Her ratio, her percentage of callbacks that she gets is about 30%. Now, let's stop right there. There's two things we need to know about that. That was a case study that we just completed in our agency. Why does one girl call 3,000 people and not get any callbacks, zero callbacks? And why does one woman call 35 people a day and 30% 30 of those people call her back? So we're going to figure that out right now together, okay? Associate agents, listen to what I'm saying. I've always told you. When you call somebody, you've got four seconds to do what? Be confident, sound like you're sharp as a tack, you know what you're doing, and subconsciously in their mind, make them feel like this is someone that I need to call back. 
Now, with, without further ado, we're going to play a couple of audio clips from Jess. And Johnny, I need you to delete the names that, that may be on these calls. So here we go. We're going to call. We're going to we're going to let you guys listen. These are real calls. We didn't stage these. I had Justin Miller, my operations manager, Jess's husband, pull these calls for me. There's five of them. We're not going to play all of them. But here we go. Listen real close. You need to listen to tonality. You need to listen to what's said. Here we go. Ready? Here we go. Please leave your message for two, five, six, one, four, zero. Hey, Joy, this is Jess Miller calling from iProtect Insurance Agency. If you wouldn't mind giving us a call back, you can reach me at 256-444-2041. Thank you so much. Okay, that's the first call. Now, let's listen to another one here. Can I give my synopsis of that one? Please, go ahead. The synopsis of that one, or my opinion on that one is the way in which you inflect your voice makes it think it's urgent without being urgent. And... You didn't say what you were calling for, which makes that person think, "Oh, this might be something." Like, you, you get what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you exactly what Bradley, guys. I'm gonna associate. I can't agents, quite form it. What I'm trying to say. I, I, I'm gonna tell you exactly what Bradley's trying to say right now. And when I say it, he's gonna fall on this floor because it's exactly right. Do you know what that was right there? That was the nurse. You've gone to the doctor. Yes. You had something, but you don't know what it is. Might be cancer. Hell, we don't know. And yes. you had tests done. That's the nurse calling you back to give you your test results. You know how many times yeah. you'll call a nurse back to get test results if you think you got yeah. cancer? You'll call back 15 freaking times if you have to. That's exactly what that was. So you're absolutely it's it the the client in their head at the very least is thinking, Do I have my insurance with it? Maybe Correct. maybe it's my insurance. What what's going on? Correct. Did somebody hit one of my cars? Like that's what they're thinking. So that's That's the hope. <laughs> I wanted to point that out that it was very just and I'm sure that's in other calls, but it was just very like, hey, call me back. It's like very assertive. Here we go. Sorry. Call number two, guys. Associate agents, you better be listening to this. Tonality. You need the correct tonality. This is like a bowl of chili. You don't make a bowl of chili with some water and some beans. You put lots of stuff in it, right? There is more to this prospecting and guys, this is step number one right now. We are cold calling. Cold calling people. And we are getting them to call us back. This is step one of about a four-step process. So, here's the next one. Everybody ready? Listen close. Here's the second phone call. Are you ready? Everybody ready? Hello? Hey, is this Terry? Yes. Hi, this is Jess Miller calling from iProtect Insurance Agency here in Athens. Uh-huh. I was calling just to touch base with you. Um, we had reached out to you. It's been probably at least a year now. Um, we're a brokerage agency that's local to North Alabama, and we've got several top carriers available for auto and home insurance. And I just wanted to check and see if I could send you some updated insurance quotes just to see if we can get you some better rates. Um, if you could, I have a 2003 Jeep Wrangler. Jeep Wrangler, okay. Uh, yeah, six-cylinder, four-wheel drive. Okay. It has 78,000 miles on it. Okay. And if you could send me a quote for collision only on it. Collision, okay. Is it a $500 deductible okay on the collision, Terry? Okay. Yeah, $500 deductible would be fine. Okay. I also have a a 2008, I'm sorry, 2007 Uh GMC Envoy. Okay. Um, I love when they just go right into the stuff. They that's have. right. That's <laughs> now that that right there, guys, is an that's an easy one, right? You hit somebody right when they were. You hit them right when you wanted them, which is typically, and this is something we talk about a lot in our agency. We want to hit people thirty to thirty-five days out, maybe twenty-five days out. The perfect sweet spot to hit them. They've gotten that homeowner's renewal letter. Or, you know, they've noticed that their damn checking accounts about their insurance has gone up from the renewal. That is the absolute best time to hit them because insurance is now on their mind instead of the other 10,000 things that they have on their mind besides insurance. Now, Jess, let's talk about part two of the three-step process of selling personal lines insurance. 
We're making our 35 calls a day. We are confident when we call. We sound like we know our shit backwards to front. We sound like someone that someone needs to call back, i.e. the nurse calling you back with your cancer test results, right? Huh? They are calling you back at a rate of about 30% of the time you're getting someone to call you back. So let's go over what happens when you are sitting at your desk and Miss Johnson, who you left a voicemail for yesterday, calls you back? What do you say then? Okay. Depending on the lead and how I got their information, whether there's someone that we called as a win back or if it's just a cold lead and they call me back and say, Hey, why did you call me again? I'm just very honest with them and I keep it simple. Hey, we have your information here in our agency. We are a local business. We are trying to grow. We've got several agencies here in North Alabama that can assist you. I just wanted to take care of your insurance. I just, I know that we've got several carriers available and we can find you some better rates. It doesn't cost you anything. No harm, no foul. Just need a little bit of information from you. Worst case scenario, we can't help you. And what you have is great. And I will tell you so, or I can save you money on your insurance. And I usually just, I mean, that's, that's usually my spiel with them. I just tell them, Hey, we're a local business trying to grow and we'd love the opportunity to take care of them. Mm -hmm. And most of the time that, that works unless I've just caught them or they call me back at an inconvenient time and they just hang up and aren't interested. Most people are okay with that. You know, I think as long as you approach it from a point of, you know, we're a local business just trying to grow, you know, we've got several agencies here to help you. I think people nowadays are so used to doing everything online. We have the ability to have that for you if that's what you prefer, but you also have a local agent available if you want to come in and talk to me. What I, what so I, I think having the best of both worlds is key. Uh, what I yeah. like about your style is it's assertive, but not salesman, bloodthirsty, hold yep. on to your watch Good. when you're I'm glad me. to hear you say that because that's, that's kind of my niche. That's what I want to go for. I don't ever want to sound like I'm trying to sell you something. Mm-hmm. I am just a local not business owner. I'm not Scott, but I'm a local agent that just wants to take care of your insurance. Mm -hmm. And I know that I have a carrier that I can do that with. Yeah. And I just, I just try to approach it from that point rather than just try to sell them a cheapest, you know, or a cheaper product. I don't think a lot of people go for that. I think people who want cheaper products can find that online, but that's just not what I'm about. So just for all of you associate agents that are listening to this right now, so you don't think that we're just showing you the glitz and the glam and it, it never goes just the way you want it to. This next call is going to be one where someone tells you no, where once somebody says, mm. no, I'm good. He's done his homework. I'm good. I'm good. He so has. Here we, here we go. <laughs> Everybody ready? Associate agents out there, are you listening? Are you ready? This is a this no. Might, this now, might be one of the best now, podcasts we've ever done. Now, listen to me, associate agents. Listen to me. You need to know this. This person tells Jessica no. Does she get murdered? <laughs> Does the person come through the phone and shoot her with a weapon? Does she have a blinding strike of lightning hit her in the head when the person says no? All they do is say no. Who gives a shit? Some will, some won't. God bless. Who's next? Okay? Listen to the words coming out of my mouth right now. No one is killed because this person says no. Jess, were you injured in this phone call that I'm about to play? Where did you have to go to the hospital? No, sir. I here, here we go. Hello. Hi, this is Mr. Kelly. Who's speaking? This is Jessica Miller calling from I Protect Insurance Agency. We had, my name is Jessica Miller. We had sent you a few things out from our agency here. We're a brokerage agency for auto and home insurance. And I was just calling to see if I could send you some updated insurance quotes to see if we could save you some money. Home and auto? Uh Uh-huh, for home and auto insurance. Yeah, we sent you a few things. I think I had called you, but it's been probably at least a year since then. So I just wanted to check on you and just see if that was something I could help you with. Oh, no, I'm fine. Okay, well, if anything changes, please keep us in mind, okay? Okay. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, was anybody injured in the phone call that was just made? Did anything happen? Somebody said no. Who gives a damn? I do think that's a no you could call back, though. Yeah, sure. Like it wasn't yes. like yeah. get the hell away, right. you know, planting seeds. And yeah. it's probably because it's it's you're really sweet, yeah. honestly, planting seeds. Right. I think so a lot of it's just planting the 
So, Jess, go ahead, Scott. Here, here we go. So we're we're still at step two right now. We're calling people. We're getting voicemails. We're getting people that says no. We're getting people that just stuck that one guy two phone calls ago that just goes into hell. Yeah, you can give me a quote. Let me tell you what all I got. And by the way, that phone call, the the one prior to the one we just played, was about a four or five minute call. I cut it short. But that guy just kept going on and on and on about yep. what he had and need you to quote this and blah, 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 blah. So, Jess, step two in the process. Somebody has called you back. We've got a 30% callback ratio off of cold calls. These aren't mortgage lender leads because your agency's got a LLC set up and y'all are profit sharing and you're getting every you know person that applies for a mortgage loan. These are cold calls. So... Jess, of the 30% of people that call you back, what do you think your close ratio is on those 30% of people? I close probably 80% of those. I would say at least of the callbacks that I get. Right. I would say anywhere from 60 to 80%. Okay. Anybody that calls me back that we're able to talk to and quote, Mm -hmm. we we almost always end up writing it. And I I bet you that percentage goes up exponentially if you put like a three-year time frame on it. So like the, of the 20% you're not writing, right. you're still going to exdate them and quote them next right. year. And Correct. next year, I bet if you gave her three years, she would be like 99% on the callbacks. That is a great point, Bradley. Jess, the guy that we just yeah. played that said no to you, he said no to you. You hung up the phone. Tell our audience where that guy goes in our prospecting pipeline after he says no. What do you do with him? Yeah. So um, if I remember correctly, I remember that phone call and I have his X dates. And so I basically just plug his information into agency Zoom, which is what we use in the office and put a follow up to check in and email him again in two to three months and just do a touch then and then another touch right before his renewal. Um, But again, because he said no, he is one of my people that I will handwrite a note to and just say, hey, here's my business card. If anything changes, please call me. Thank you again for your time on the phone. I think taking the time (laughs) to do those little things... I think taking the time to do those little things just, I don't think it matters to people. Well, he's going to feel guilty me, as shit I, when he gets I've that card in the mail after telling her no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Jess, One thing I've always tried to keep in mind is talking to people the way I would want to be talked yeah. to. If I didn't know anything about insurance and somebody was calling me, I try to approach it that way. So, like, how would I want to be approached and talked to about insurance? So in front of God and country and Scott Howell, do this for me. Go in there and tag that guy in agency Zoom and then... Let us know when you close him, and we will tell the listeners. We'll see how long it takes. Okay, <laughs> okay. sounds okay. good. Let's do that. Okay, let's do right. that. I can do that. So, Jess, <laughs> let's keep going through this process. I've got 260,000 associate agents circled around the desk right now listening to this podcast. As I said at the beginning of this show, people, the damn speech making's over. We're teaching how to sell insurance here. Get your associate agents to listen to this podcast, The End of Story. Now then, the 30% of people that call us back, Jess is on the phone with them. They're going over their insurance. They're talking about kind of what that guy earlier was talking about. You know, I've got a 2007 Harley Davidson and I've got a house and I've, you know, this and that. And we've got two cars. And by the way, my daughter's 16 years old. My God, we're paying too much for her insurance. So we're going through, through all that. You hang up the phone with them. Okay. Now we're in phase three. Phase three of the follow-up because we're most likely not going to close them on the phone just based off that callback. We got to put quotes together. We're quoting them through our four or five standard admitted carriers in the state of Alabama, okay? Travelers, Safeco, Nationwide, State Auto, Progressive. We're quoting through PL Raider. That's who we quote through. We use a Raider, PL Raider. I'm sorry. And so now we're in phase three of the follow-up. So go through with our associate agents that are listening to this right now. We've hung up the phone with them. We've gotten all their information. We know what they, you know, we feel like they need. What is the next phase of that process look like for you? Are you emailing? Are you calling them back? Are you doing both? Are you texting them? What's happening now? 
doing both. I get to the end of the quoting process. I find that carrier that's going to offer them the best rate, depending on what we're quoting for them. Um, Once I have those finalized, I generally try to get an idea on the phone with them. Hey, do you prefer that I email these to you? Would it be okay if I called you to follow up with you? I typically, I don't know that I've ever not gotten quotes out to somebody same day. So I don't guarantee a time. I think that can get you into trouble, but I always let them know I'll get these to you before five o'clock before I leave the office. Once I do that, depending on the conversation, I call and follow up with them. I think that that's key. I've noticed that I've had more success rather than just emailing them and then waiting for them to call me back or check in with me. I'm going to email those quotes and then I'm going to call you and say, Hey, do you have five minutes? Can you pull up your email and let's go through these? Because otherwise a lot of times what these people will do and anybody who's in insurance knows this, they'll pull up that email. And as soon as they see a price, that's more than what they're paying. Okay. Delete. I'm done. No, you were too much. You were higher than my current carrier. Okay, well, let's take a look and, and see why, because it's it could be that we're not comparing apples to apples. There's some coverage differences. I think that's why it's key to email or mail them. A lot of people in my demographic don't do email. Um, so I mail them the quotes, give it a couple of days, and then call to follow up every time. Okay. I think that that's key for sure. So So let's say that you do follow up with them. You email mm-hmm. them the quote, or you talk to them on the phone, or you snail mail them the quote, right? They ghost you. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time. Every agency in America has had somebody that you get on the phone, you're having this great conversation, you build rapport with them quickly. Oh my gosh, I, my grandfather grew up in uh, Decatur, Alabama. You, you might even know him, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. You're building rapport, mm-hmm. you're on your A game. You feel good about the call. You hang up. You do the quotes. You're actually saving them some money, let's say. Or, and this happens a lot in our agency, we're saving them so much money that we're able to increase their coverages, happens every day, and still save them a little bit of money. We do that all the time, right? They're getting more insurance coverage, and they're still paying a less price for it, right? So, they ghost you. Happens every day all over America. Somebody's something happens, whatever, for whatever reason, they ghost you. They're busy. These people are busy. So what do you do from a follow-up standpoint when you get ghosted for, let's say, two or three, four days, five days, a week? I usually, I was going to say, I mean, usually after a week, if I just have not heard from them, I'll either drop a note in the mail um, or email them. And just simply say, hey, I don't want to bug you. I just wanted to follow up because I know that this is important to you. I try to use words that make it sound like, hey, I know that you wanted to save some money and I'd love to help you, but I don't want to keep hassling you or bugging you. I know you're busy. Please just reach out to me whenever you have a chance. I've noticed that if I word it that way where it's, hey, this is important and it's important to me to help you save money, but I certainly don't want to bug you. Just let me know whenever you have time. That usually does it. Either I'll never hear from them again. And we, everybody in insurance hates that feeling. I mean, you're working on a seven, $8,000 household and you just never hear from them again. Right. It's horrible, but you just, you move on and move on to the next household. But I think in a lot of cases, if it's been at least a week or two, and I just have not heard from them, most of the time, if I call and leave a voicemail, just saying that or email them or send a note in the mail, just a handwritten note, nine out of 10 times, they'll reach out and say, Oh God, you wouldn't believe what happened. My mom was in the hospital. My kids are sick. Something has happened to cause them to just not call you back. It's very rare that you're going to find people that just don't call you back. You could automate that handwritten note in agency zoom. You could. You're right. We did that. Oh, yeah. We did that with yeah. a uh, a meme postcard. So it was a, you know, the meme of the guy and the girl walking down the street and the guy's checking out the other girl and she's like this. It said, uh, yes. your insurance carrier <laughs> over the girl that was pissed off portal right here. And we sent that out to everybody that was in a certain stage of the pipeline for more than so many days. So Jess, let me give all these associate agents a life hack. This came from Chris Voss. Chris Voss was the lead hostage negotiator for the FBI for something like 20 years. When it was the worst of the worst or when, you know, somebody important got kidnapped in South America, the FBI would always call in Chris Voss to be the hostage negotiator. Chris Voss says that what you need to do is in the subject line of your email, put this phrase in the subject line of your email and that you will almost always get a response back from this. The phrase is, have you given up? 
have you given up on your insurance quote that I put together for you? Or have you have you given up on our insurance quote that we sent to you? Something like that. The mm-hmm. phrase is, have you given up? And that 99 times out of 100, when you put that in the subject line of the email, you will get a return email back. That when subconsciously, when people see the phrase, have you given up? They are going to respond to that. No, I hadn't given up. No, I haven't given up. So, okay, here we go. We have made the cold calls, 35 a day. We've had the discipline to do that. And then we have gotten them back on the phone, or they have called us back to get their test results because they think they might have cancer. (laughs) Jess has done a great job (laughs) on the phone with them, building rapport, getting information. She's done the quotes. She's asked them how they would like those quotes sent to them. She's followed back up. She's called them. She's emailed them. She has snail mailed them the quotes if they want them that way. What is the next phase of the process? And then we'll, we'll, we're going to have to get off this podcast and we can come back later and talk about customer experience after the sale. But here's the last phase of the process. We have got to get a check. And what I mean by that, I realize that a lot of you do, you know, electronic funds transfer, EFT, whatever you want to call it, or you get credit card, but I call that getting the check. There are so many people out there listening to this that cannot get a check. The close. Jess, tell us how you close. And by the way, folks, there's if you really want to get good, if you want to be a great insurance agent, You need to have 10 different closes. You need to go out to any place you want to go to. There's there's 100 different places you can go to to learn the 10 or 15 different closes that work best for you. Jess, what do you use? I mean, I don't have any kind of, I wish I did. I wish I had some kind of secret to tell you guys and it would just blow everybody's minds. I don't though. I I really just, I call people back. I help them understand what their coverages are, why they need them. Um, what changes we might need to make. I think that one thing I've always gone back to is helping people understand insurance better is going to make them more susceptible to buy from you. It still shocks me that people have insurance with a carrier for 20 years. A lot of these captive agents, not calling anybody out, but they've never met their agent. They've never had anybody sit down with them and explain, this is what this means. And when I go through coverages with people, I'm not going to sell you a policy that I feel like you don't know what you're buying. This is your money that's paying for this policy. So even if I'm not cheaper, you're at least going to have an education by the time I get off the phone with you. And I think for me, one of my keys is that just People appreciate that. So even if I'm not going to save them money, they're willing to take insurance out with an agent that makes them feel comfortable and reassures them, hey, this person knows what they're talking about. She's taken 10, 15, 30 minutes, an hour with me to make sure. And again, don't I think that that's one thing I've had to really focus on in the 13 years I've been doing this is rushing through the process, trying to make it more of a transactional rather than just a conversation with people. I think that that's a key for me is just making sure they understand it. Even if you don't buy from me, now you know what you're paying for. But but it's so the next time yeah. your renewal comes around. But at yeah, the, next time your renewal comes around, you're going to keep me in mind if you don't buy from me now. But at the end of that, you have to say something like you know, assumptive close, right? How would you like to pay for this? Yeah, oh yeah. We've got Mm -hmm. 15 different ways you can pay So when do you want to, yeah, so when do you want to get this started? Right. It's typically my go-to. Okay, so when do we want to get this started? Paying in full or EFT? I would say 99% of associate agents or producers out there use the assumptive close every time, which is, how would you like to pay for this today? And that at some point in the process of talking through this with them, that comes up. And that's how most people get to check. Those are not the only closes out there. As I said, every associate agent should have at least four or five, if not 10 closes that they can use, all of which don't need Mm -hmm. to be used car salesman closes of, you know, tricking someone into getting a policy. But I would say the majority of people in my office that sell insurance utilize the assumptive close, which is at some point in the conversation, Jess, you just said it. So how would you like to get this thing started today? And when would you like to get this started? 
That's the yeah. e- that's the easiest. Just close. when do you want to get it started? Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the end of the conversation, I just you know, hey, do you have any more questions? Let's do this. Right. So it's everybody has their different method that works. Guys, I I don't know if we can do anything else. I mean, I I am handing it to you on a silver platter today. And as I said when I started, the speech making's over. Now we're going to teach people how to sell freaking insurance. I hope that you will get all of your associate agents around the cell phone or the smartphone or the computer and let them listen to this podcast. The next one of these I am going to do is going to be in commercial insurance. Mm. And we're going to do the same damn thing in commercial insurance. And we're going to show people how to sell commercial insurance. So, Bradley, before we get off this podcast, let's let's talk about our sponsor, Glovebox. I love glove box. Do me a favor. If you got something out of this podcast today, and I don't know how you couldn't have, go to gloveboxapp.com forward slash makeover giveaway. Makeover giveaway and at least let them demo you glove the box. The link is so also in the, the show notes the bio. of the podcast you're listening to right now. Awesome. Jess, I want to say thank you. I love you very much. I appreciate everything you do for us. By the way, folks, Jess, tell them yesterday what happened. Got your name put on the building. Got your name put on the sign. Yes. Got your name. She is. Got she, signed with my name on that's it. That's right. So she, I was thrilled. I cried. I'm not going to lie. Well, <laughs> you deserve every bit of it. You are a fantastic personal lines insurance agent, and I am blessed to have you as part of our team. And don't think that I don't think about that every single day that I wake up, how blessed I am to have you as part of what we do over here. So thank you very much. Thank you guys. Oh, you're welcome. Insurance agents from around the world, get your ass out from behind that desk today. Go make 35 calls today and do it every day this week and do it for every day this year and you will sell more insurance this year. Follow the steps. Follow the process that I just gave you and you'll make a bunch of money this year. Associate agents, you want to make more money? You want to triple what you're making right now? Go follow that process. Do what we talked about today. You'll triple your sales and you'll make the kind of money that you need to live, the kind of life that you want to live this year. Go make money for your family, for your wife, for your husband, for your kids' college fund, for your parents that are struggling out there. Go write good business for the agencies that you represent, and go write good business for the companies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Thanks, man. Thanks, Jess. We love you, Jess. Thank you, guys. You're welcome. Hey, guys, you are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and we love each and every one of you. And we will see you back here again next week on the Insurance Guys podcast. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at iprotectins at gmail.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to bradleyflowersinsurance.com or... Email him at bradley at sarahlandinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to being with you again real soon on the next episode of the Insurance Guys. Take care.